Support for WMSE comes from Fink's, located at the corner of Water and Humboldt. Open weekdays at 4 p.m. and weekends at 2 p.m., Fink's offers a drink menu featuring craft beers and cocktails. Fink's has multiple pinball machines and ample bike parking. More information about Fink's at facebook.com slash F-I-N-K-S-M-K-E. Disclaimer here on WMC 91.7 FM. I'm Ryan Schlecker, as always, joined by Evan Ritleski and Matt Wild. Welcome, guys. Hello. hello. All right. I think we're going <laughs> to... A real hearty hello. Kick it off with a little Summerfest, I think. Is that what we're doing? Sure. Let's talk about Summerfest. Way to, way to keep the energy up there. <sighs> Summerfest. You sound like so defeated. <laughs> well, it is that time of year when it's like, all right, got to talk about Summerfest. Of course, as you probably saw uh, online yesterday and all the news outlets, uh, Summerfest announced its... Lineup, uh, it's headliner lineup for 2019. They had previously announced uh, pretty much all of the uh, uh, amphitheater headliners, uh, excluding Ozzy Osbourne, who uh, recently had to cancel his 2019 tour. Uh, He says he'll be back in 2020. So uh, there is one slot, a headliner slot uh, at the amphitheater still available. But yesterday, Summerfest uh, unveiled its just kind of big monster list of ground stage headliners and uh it's always a cause for excitement and a cause for uh people either saying it's the best lineup they've seen in years it's the worst lineup they've seen in years uh why isn't there this why isn't there that uh you know the drill uh what do we think (laughs) it's got to be one or the other (laughs) yep this is a binary that's it uh it's the Summerfest lineup uh, i think is (laughs) is the hot take i i don't have i don't have a hot take and one thing i've realized is uh, my first impression of Summerfest lineups, the moment they release them, are often wrong, just because uh, it's easy to sort of, there's so many acts, there's dozens of them. Uh, it's kind of hard to sift through them. Sometimes you miss acts just because you can't read every single one. You're yeah. just kind of skimming for ones that catch your eye. So I don't, uh, I can't give a thumbs up or thumbs down verdict. I guess my gut, uh, my gut take is that maybe it's a little underwhelming compared to generally what they've offered the last four or five years. I think the last four or five years, Summerfest has leveled up in a big way, but I think it's still roughly on par with that. It's uh, clearly a lineup loaded with big names. I guess we'll read some of them in a minute here. Mm-hmm. Um, they they clearly are not skimping on uh, the budget for booking these acts. They're they're clearly finding clever ways of bringing in some of these acts. Uh, I, I I mean, it's impressive what they do. What, whether you think it's a great lineup really just as always depends on did they book one or two of your favorites? You know, if, right. if they booked a favorite, you haven't seen in Milwaukee yet. You have reason to be very excited, and there's a good chance they did. There was a good interview. Is it was it in the Shepherd with uh, the? Uh, was that you? Uh, yeah, interview? I, I interviewed their uh, associate. <laughs> I didn't see a name attached to it. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, I didn't see your well, name. Well, I interviewed the their uh, associate booking director Scott Zeal, mm-hmm. and it's fascinating talking to them uh, about how they do this because it's not easy to do. Uh, they they have this incredibly unique challenge, which is, is obvious when you think about it, but the more you think about it, it's it, it really is fascinating. They have an 11-day festival with all these stages uh, competing against tons of huge other festivals, 
some with uh, radius clauses, essentially big, you know, non-competes. Um, and they have, you know, a f- modest budget to do it. It's a big budget, but for mm-hmm. what, the size of the festival that they put on, it's not what the other guys can spend. They can't toss around money the way that Coachella does. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how do they do it? And they, they come up with all these really clever ways. One of the ways they've done it is, um, I mean, part of it is just what you'd expect, kind of building relations with the the uh, tour managers and the artists and kind of getting that network but also they've done it in large part by networking with other Midwestern festivals to kind of create a magnet to draw other acts through the Midwest that might otherwise skip it on their tour. They've also really linked with Canada. There's uh, some major summer music festivals in Canada. Um, one is uh, the Ottawa Blues Fest, which apparently has more than blues. And one is called FEC, and that's in Quebec. And uh, that's the largest music festival in Canada. So what they've done is they've created these partnerships where they say, all right, you'll play Summerfest and you'll play this. So suddenly it becomes worthwhile for some of these bigger names to play Summerfest. And that's exactly how they're able to pull it in. A lot of times when you see an act, you go, whoa, how did they get that? Isn't that expensive? Mm -hmm. Or that just doesn't seem like the type of act that would play Milwaukee. It's usually because they're doing some like pretty creative maneuvering behind the scenes to bring these acts in. And I, I really respect that. I think... Uh, what they do is nothing short of remarkable, regardless of whether you think it's personally a great lineup or personally a little underwhelming. I think when you just step back and look at the acts that they're delivering, and then to, to also state the obvious, ticket prices are 20 bucks, 21 bucks. I mean, that's insane. There's no other festival that comes anywhere close to that. Yeah. And I, the, the way that they've sort of navigated these dual mandates, the mandate to, to create a festival that's cheap and that everybody can go to, regardless of whether you even really care about music very much uh and also you know create a lineup with a little bit of like wow factor to it it's pretty impressive reminds me of what uh, something like on a much smaller scale but like global union used to do kind of uh connecting having this network of uh similar festivals mm-hmm. that uh, kind of used milwaukee as well if you're going to be in chicago why don't you just you know blow through milwaukee as well and you know kind of a midwest kind of yeah they actually all got like together that. and i think bloomington every year and you know kind of jointly discussed which artists were possible and especially when you're talking about a global union site festival when most of the acts are coming from overseas Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, it's important to kind of uh, save some money by bundling everybody at once Mm -hmm. should we uh, read off a couple of the names should we should we take turns here Matt yeah right yeah start otherwise it's just a sea of names but we'll get to to some of the big ones and there there are a lot of big ones Mm -hmm. Uh, Brandi Carlisle uh, she just had a huge year at Mm -hmm. the Grammys a kind of enjoying a moment, the head and the heart, Lonely Island, Andy Samberg's kind of comedy group. I know that'll be kind of fun and kind of annoying. I can only already kind of imagine the crowd. <laughs> People are excited for lines. it. Yeah. Well, that's good. You know, that's going to be like wildly entertaining. Yeah. Um, a Boogie with the Hoodie. That's one of the big new rap acts. Actually, I should just go through the rap because the rap is kind of interesting this year. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of it and they, they got like all the perennials. If you were playing uh, Summerfest rap act bingo, uh, you definitely got a bingo this year because there's like Ludacris, there's The Roots, there's Atmosphere. Um, T-Pain. T-Pain. So yeah, so a lot of like the perennials. But they also did bring in in a couple uh, couple new ones. And uh, yeah, Boogie with the Hoodie, uh, that, uh, that's one of them. And then Lizzo, which is mm. really exciting. That's going to be the show, you know, if you were to ask me which one is going to be the one that everybody's going to be yeah. super buzzed about and talking about. I think that's really going to be it because um, – She's really been on the rise lately. She's kind of making her mark, and she's just a, such a fantastic performer. And seeing her in that environment with a bunch of people, not paying a lot of money, and just 
That's going to be great. Anyway, you also got The National. You got Stevie Oki. Mm-hmm. You got Chicago, Jason Mraz, uh, Brothers Osborne, Walk the Moon, Young the Giant, Foreigner, Third Eye Blind. I'll let you take it, Matt. Um, yeah, there's a, you know, it's a, it's a healthy mix of both uh, Gen X nostalgia and millennial nostalgia. There's a, let's see, Guided by Voices is in there. That's a That's, very cool one. That, yeah. was a, that was a big surprise for uh, me. Yeah, they're just, yeah, kind of buried in there. And boy, I haven't seen GBV in, in years and Who, years. So, Whose uh, nostalgia is Steve Earle? <laughs> well, everybody likes Steve. Of Earl, course, right? there's also he's, he's the Roots Rocks guy. Yeah. You know, that's I don't know. I just, he crawled, he. I was just thinking. You said Gen X and Millennial. He's kind of uh, straddles Gen X and Boomer. No, mm, yeah, probably more on that end. Uh, well, that, so that's get... my healthy contribution to this here program. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, it goes without saying. There's plenty of Boomer <laughs> nostalgia baked into this thing. Uh, Taking Back Sunday, Lover Boy, The Roots, uh, Courtney Barnett. I don't know if you mentioned her. Nope. Evan, uh, she's playing. That's uh, great. The Head in the Heart. Dashboard Confessional featuring Milwaukee's own Scott Sheenbeck. Uh, Jesus Jones. That's a, that's a weird one. Yeah. just I, like, That huh. was a, huh. <laughs> uh, atmosphere. Semi-Sonic, uh, which I know a lot of people have a lot of affection for that band. A lot for like the late 90s indie hip-hop heads with like DJ abilities. and Yeah. yeah I'm sure DJ abilities will be on mm-hmm. before Atmosphere. We can already picture how that whole stage lineup is taking shape that yeah. day. Shaka Khan, that is awesome. Yeah. First aid mm. kit, that is awesome. Yeah. It's, again, it's one of those things where even if like the top line maybe doesn't do it for you, where you're like, oh, you know, eh, I don't know. Uh, when you really get into the weeds here, there's there's a lot of good stuff. I, I assume we'll see our friend Steve Hyden this year as Chris Robinson Brotherhood is playing. Uh, the National <laughs> is playing. The uh, and national ha- that's that's going to be a great one. I gotta I gotta defend the national because oh, yeah. they they put on a good show and they're good headliners. I mean they fill that stage you know under starlight. Oh, it's really good. Maybe this is the year. I I recently found an old mix CD that I made in like 2004 and it had a national song on it that I didn't know. And I realized I've spent most of my adult life trying to like the national, <laughs> like desperately, like all right, I'll put. Maybe a song on here and try, and it's just never stuck. So maybe this is the year for me in the national. Yeah, it probably won't happen. <laughs> it's, it's a, they're a hard one to get into if you're yeah, just not into I it. Feel, yeah, maybe that ship has sailed. They're still making really good records, and the new record is uh, coming out soon-ish and is very cool. It's just got a very different sound, so I'm, I'm excited to see how they bring that to the stage. Um, while I recognize her name, I don't know a lot about uh, the, the big one of the last big uh, amphitheater announcements they made is uh, Billy. Is it Eilish? Billie Eilish. So she is huge. Yeah. She's 17. She's British. Uh, you either have never heard of her or you think it's lame that we're explaining who she is. Uh, she, and she's clearly going to only going to skyrocket from here. Her mm-hmm. videos have been, uh, you know, they do millions of streams and views. Um, she's, uh, yeah, a pretty creative pop singer. She's kind of like a post-genre pop singer. She's got a like a very uh, soft voice that she uses in really creative ways, and uh, beats that kind of have this like movement to them. That uh, it's it's very inventive music. Um, her presence is really unique. You can kind of see her in like the trajectory of like a lord, where you know mm. it's it's like a young DIY woman with like this very distinctive like songwriting voice and vision for what she does. Uh, kind of a savant in that regard. Uh, that was a really, really big get for Summerfest. It's funny because you know she's she may be the uh, the name with maybe the least name recognition of all the amphitheater acts, mm-hmm. but in some ways she's one of the biggest amphitheater acts they have this year. Yeah. And Summerfest tried and tried and tried and tried 
to book her. And finally, she just said yes, just a couple days ago. So that's, that's how down to the wire it comes with some of these bookings. Like they're, they're, you know, as of last week, they didn't have that date filled. Mm -hmm. Now they do. I bring her up because uh, there's a uh, nice piece. um, Surprise, surprise. uh, Our friend Piet Levy uh, for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel uh, has some thoughts about Summerfest. Uh, That's, that's his, that's his beat around uh, this time. And uh, it's uh, the, the headline he has is Summerfest 2019 lineup impressive, but here are four things the music festival needs to do better. Hmm. And uh, in regards Click. to uh, Miss, <laughs> Miss Eilish, it, uh, I'll quote from him. He says, Eilish is an important get for another reason. She's one of only two female headliners in the amphitheater and one of only five female acts playing Summerfest's largest stage this year. Uh, of the 133 ground stage headliners, only 38 are female artists or mixed gender acts. Combined, 27% of the headliners announced so far for this year's Summerfest feature a woman, up just one percentage point from last year. Uh, then he goes on to talk about uh, a lot of other festivals, including Coachella, uh, Lake Shake, and uh, Country Lake Shake, and all that kind of stuff. For the, who have, uh, how, you do, know, how do those numbers compare? Really uh, stepped up. It uh, says uh, women make up 35% of the Coachella lineup and 48% of the Glastonbury lineup this year. Um, Let's see, only 19% of Chicago Festival Country Lake Shakes Festival were female acts in 2018, but this year it's 43%. Hmm. Uh, so clearly some of these festivals have made, a, I think, a very uh, you know, pointed decision to, to you know, boost those numbers. I would like to thank Piet because usually we get to this particular show and I have to bring it up that yeah, women yeah. are not represented. <laughs> so it's good to see our paper of record also uh, mentioning it. Yeah, it's of the four things he brings up, I think it's probably the the one that uh, I agree with the most. The rest, uh, you know, uh, you know, number one, the amphithe- amphitheater skews older again. But, you know, then he goes on to say, well, last year it kind of skewed young, and that just seems to be kind of, you know. It's kind of eye of the beholder, too. Eye of the beholder, and, you know, whatever, whatever was possible to book this year, it just kind of comes and goes, goes up and down in waves. But, uh, you know, as far as uh, getting more women... Uh, as headliners, I think. What, that, what are the other two? I'm really uh, the uh, the other uh, number three is we need more headliners from Wisconsin. Uh, oh, meant, there will be plenty. Yeah, he I mean, they just they just haven't been announced yet. There'll be plenty of mentions. Uh, Gold is playing, and they were part of this announcement. Gold uh, and Cbar, Cbar, Paul Cbar, R and B cadets. That's right. And uh, number four, the world's most diverse festival needs more diversity. Uh, talks about kind of the uh, spotty hip hop uh, lineup. Uh, does mention, um, you know, the uh, there's a lot of country, and that uh, there's uh, says Summerfest is also behind the curve, recognizing the surge in Latin pop music. And uh, definitely true. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. And a quote uh, ends uh, with a quote from uh, Bob Babish. He says, "There's always somebody who says they can't find something in the lineup, but I'm really happy. Mm-hmm. It's a festival for everybody." The, you know, they, they can fill in those gaps. I, a lot of festivals are behind in the Latin pop market, and I'm sure bringing some of those acts to the Midwest is difficult. Uh, but that that is, for some reason, that's like some of the biggest music in the entire world mm-hmm. right now. And it's just poorly represented at festival lineups everywhere. The other things, you know, the hip hop, uh, I don't think it's a great rap lineup for Summerfest. I, I would, would have loved to have seen somebody on, on the caliber of little Uzi vert return or something mm. uh but a boogie with the hoodie shows that they're trying i mean there's more rap i think there's more major rap headliners on this lineup than almost any I other i do feel like it's a little like when, when we talk about diversity it's not just 
um, ethnic. It's also like musical diversity. Like mm-hmm. you made the joke earlier, essentially, you know, the Summerfest rap bingo, mm-hmm. which it's the same four or five um, every other year or whatever. Um, there's there's plenty more rap out there. It's it's the most popular genre in music right now. Um, there's there's probably a lot more headlining worthy acts that you could throw on the mm-hmm. the, the ground stages at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean always, but it's I don't know. They I think I think they do a pretty good job. It's something they they certainly think about, you know, is how can we get more stuff in here? You you you're not going to get uh everything proportionally represented. There's I think there's one reggae headliner this year. That's a pretty poor proportion of reggae. If you like reggae music, you're not finding a lot. I'm not sure if there's a blues headliner. I didn't see Yeah, there's maybe there, uh, there Robert be. Randolph maybe. Oh, okay. Yep. So, you know, I I but there's other places to see blues. I mean, in, in general, they're, they're, I think they're trying their best to book uh, as much that'll appeal to as wide of an audience as possible. There's room for improvement, but I still think it's impressive because, uh, yeah, like Piet said in his piece, it is the most diverse music festival in the world. I mean, it just it just is by by like sheer nature of its scope mm-hmm. and purview. Uh, but of course, there's room for improvement. Uh, I wanted to talk briefly about uh, one thing that uh, maybe it's a little something that only I care about as somebody who writes about this kind of stuff, but uh, something that Summerfest this year, did this year that I really, really appreciated. Uh, and that is uh, late last week or over the weekend, they announced that, hey, on Tuesday morning at 6 a.m., we're going to announce, we're going to release our uh, headliners. Before we get into that, if you're just tuning in, this oh. is a disclaimer here on WMSC, Ryan, Evan, Matt, we're talking about Summerfest. Got about 10 minutes left. Go ahead, man. Talking about Summerfest. Um, yeah, like I said, they uh, late last week, they said, hey, on Tuesday morning, we're going to release all these names. And then on Tuesday morning, that's exactly what they did. They uh, announced them and they sent out a press release. And that was that. Uh, for me, that's such a breath of fresh air from previous years uh, where it was always some kind of goofy gimmick. And it was like, oh, we're going to release this video of I don't know who was it. Uh, Lewis Black. Lewis Black uh, giving, you know, telling you the names or one year Jimmy Kimmel was involved somehow. And, you know, then one year it was a surprise, you know, it just popped out of the blue like on a, you know, Wednesday night or something. And uh I I I just as someone who writes about stuff and writes, you know, pieces based on announcements and all that kind of thing, I just so loathe when people try to get cute with announcements and I so appreciate when People are just like, here, this is when the press release is coming down the pipe. Here it is. And that's it. it, it no one cares about the little goofy gimmicks that go along with it. We're all going to share it. We're all going to write about it anyway. Just give us the information. It feels like 10% of this show's history has been complaining about this very sort of cutesy marketing stuff that people in Milwaukee do to surround their their campaigns or their events or whatever. Have what, what, what you know Whatever it is. And I, I'm so with you, Matt. It makes our show less fun because we have less to complain about. But <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so nice. Somebody just gives you information in a very simple, non-dramatic way. It's it's uh, call it old fashioned, call it standard, but it works because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, no one cares about the goofy gimmick. And I've been in so many, gone to so many meetings and been involved with, you know, so many announcements like, all right, how can we make this announcement really good? And what can you do? And <laughs> You know, maybe a video, maybe on and on and on. It's like, just send the press release. Everyone's going to share it. Everyone's going to be excited about it. No one cares about a goofy gimmick or Jimmy Kimmel announcing it. Who cares? Uh, well, and ultimately, those kind of things take the focus away from where it should mm-hmm. be. The focus should be on the headliners, getting people to buy tickets, 
um, focusing on the the ancillary events that are happening at Summerfest, the special promotions, and instead they're talking about a mistake that marketing people made. Yeah, so I mean, part of this is it makes my job easier. Like I don't have to, you know, chase around and and look for these things. You know, I can just uh, look at a press release that is sent at a timely manner. But part of it also is, yeah, exactly what you said. Just uh, give us the information. We're we're all going to like it anyway. Along those lines, we um, mentioned the sculpture. Oh, yes. Yeah. So long, yeah. Speaking of, of not getting cute and just kind of doing something, uh, Sculpture Milwaukee, which we've talked about a lot on the show in the past, uh, yesterday announced that it's returning for 2019, its third season, I believe. Uh, installation of the, I believe there are 22 new sculptures coming to Wisconsin Avenue. Uh, installation begins in May. The whole thing kind of kicks off in June, lasts throughout the summer. Uh, if, uh, you know, like I said, we've talked about this a lot on the show before, but, uh, I really, really like this program that uh, has been going for three years and it's, uh, very simple. Uh, like we've said before, it's, uh, a person with money, a person with expertise and Hey, let's throw up a bunch of great sculptures from some great artists around the world, very diverse collection of artists and, uh, let's put them on the street and that's the end. Uh, this is, uh, so not, uh, what we were used to for a while of, crowdfunding and you know tournaments and contests and just endless like oh let's you know do this or do that now just just do it and uh it's such a breath of fresh air to just like i say see some people who know what they're doing and uh who have the cash to do it to just go ahead and do it and uh there's going to be a giant penguin on the uh the lawn of northwestern mutual this year so look Ooh, for that they showed a rendering of it they yet? have yeah you can see it online there's uh, pictures from the artist i i don't know is it like a realistic penguin or like a mario it's, uh, 64 kind of penguin <laughs> no it's a uh, kind of it's it reminds me of uh one of the penguins from batman returns that the penguin yeah, has like adorable. in his his posse um it's kind of a tall penguin i don't know that uh, it's one of the more whimsical uh, entries this year. It's going to so. be the most popular. I mean, yeah, I believe Northwestern. <laughs> They've already nailed it. They've already won. <laughs> Northwestern Mutual is like I think one of the big sponsors of the thing. So they uh, last year, of course, last season they had the uh, the uh, what's his name, uh, Robert Indiana, uh, his love sculpture out there. Uh, is that permanent? Did they, did someone buy that? Uh, that's that's the other interesting thing about this is that all these. Uh, sculptures are for sale, and uh, at least one of them I know. And Wait, the, Robert Indiana was part of the sculpture in Milwaukee somehow. Last year, yeah, hmm. the, uh, the the love sculpture, right? Yeah. That that is the artist, right? I'm, Do you like I'm that not, piece? Uh, I don't care for it. Yeah, the O is crooked. <laughs> yeah, I've never been a huge fan, and it it's it's uh, so I don't know. It doesn't scream Milwaukee to me, but. Uh, there's another sculpture that's uh, out in front of City yeah, Hall it's these like days. We, we were so happy when we all got rid of that awful whale painting that for some <laughs> reason was on a, a, a city on a Great Lake. There was mm. a giant painting of a whale over the interstate. <laughs> yeah. and it was like, well, let's get rid of that thing. And then we finally did. And it was like, woohoo. But yeah, whenever we get that national art, people, people get excited. Yep. So uh, look for the installation of all these uh, 22 sculptures starting next month and they'll uh, be around all uh, all summer long I, I really like this program I think they do a great job and again it's kind of a, a no fuss no no gimmicks just uh, let's see some art and it's always and if nice if you do like gimmicks tune into Milwaukee record and mate for uh, taking pictures of people taking pictures of these sculpture installations that's right yeah that's right <laughs> uh, I've got a, I got a real hot piece on there now I'm, I'm taking best to, bets to see when the big snow pile by the Marcus Center uh, is gonna melt <laughs> the, by that parking structure uh, before they, you know, knock down all the trees or whatever. So uh, 
Check out MilwaukeeRecord.com for hard-hitting journalism <laughs> such we, as that. Do we have time for some quick fireworks? Yeah, we got about five minutes mm, left. Yeah. This, is a, this is a very feel-good story. If you haven't been paying attention, uh, you may have heard that uh, Milwaukee's July 3rd fireworks were in danger. Uh, they lost their sponsor for years and years and years. They had been sponsored by U.S. Bank. Uh, U.S. Bank announced that this year would be its final year sponsoring it, or last year would be its final year sponsoring it. Uh, and it's a pretty expensive thing. It's it's to the tune of three hundred fifty thousand dollars, I believe. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, so you know, pretty pretty big chunk of change. And uh, Milwaukee County Parks kind of put out a call uh, saying, if we don't get the sponsorship, this might not happen this year. And uh, they did get the sponsorship, uh, which is great news. Uh, it looks like the Brewers and their partners. Uh, have stepped up. Uh, the partners include American Family uh, Insurance. I always want to say Mutual Insurance because I'm used mm-hmm. to Badger Mutual Insurance. Mm-hmm. But American Family Insurance, which is sponsoring everything left and right right now that's soon to take over naming rights of Miller Park. It's uh, already has the the naming rights in... Um, the Amphitheater. The Amphitheater at Summerfest. It, it, Summerfest is actually technically... Summerfest presented by American uh, Family Insurance. Not, not a lot of people call it that, but it's on the... <laughs> You know, on the official Summerfest gear and everything now, so yeah, they really stepped up and uh, yay! Uh, it's it's kind of you know we can make fun of corporate sponsorship on the show, but it is nice having a moneyed corporate sponsor of the city kind of swooping in like a guardian angel sometimes and uh, for corporate keep... sponsorship underwriting of this program. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Yes, the disclaimer presented by uh, American Family Insurance, which I promise to say almost correct on and the show. Thanks. And, and Finks. <laughs> uh, Finks should have done the fireworks too. That would have been pretty cool. <laughs> but uh, we're happy Finks did it for our show. But uh, yeah, it, it's uh, honestly, it was really nice. I, I'm not sure how worried people really were that these fireworks wouldn't happen. They're uh, a, a pretty huge part of the community. Whoever sponsored them was sure to get a huge PR return on that investment. It's also just the right thing to do. I think if you're trying to make a donation to the city, uh, trying to make it as impactful as possible those fireworks really get the job done i can't think of hardly anything in the city that brings out people and brings people together like those fireworks i guess it's a little tacky and sentimental but like uh some of my most vivid childhood memories are those like long days at the lakefront waiting for the fireworks with just what felt like the entire city camping out and eating popsicles and grilling and sitting in camping chairs and running around and it was just those those days were perfect, and the idea that uh, the city might not have them, well, that would have been absolutely horrible. So, uh, again, I don't think we really thought they were gone, but it's nice to know they're here and secured, and yeah, we can see them this year. And as if we, we didn't love the Brewers enough for the past two years, I mean, how much goodwill has this team just built up for itself uh, in you know, recent, recent years? And uh, American Family Insurance, too. You know, this, this might help take the sting off the, uh, the inevitable name change. Take the sting off a little bit, which they still have not announced what it will be called, right? In 20, is it 2021 they that they're changing have, they over? They still no. have not, nope. Yeah, uh, that'll be interesting to see, but uh, yeah. Devin, did you have one more quick fire topic? No, but yeah, I really like fireworks. I'm looking forward to fire. I don't know. <laughs> is that do I need anything hotter than that? I'm just... We've been behind the scenes. We've been trying to get Evan to do a show of the things he likes and the things he doesn't like, but he just won't do it. Yeah, I do it every week in a way. <laughs> Is that also the day the July third fireworks? Doesn't Urban Milwaukee do always do something where they do they have their own fireworks show? It's, it's <laughs> Dave Reed programming. Dave Reed and a couple sparklers and Michael Horn bikes over. Yeah, it's real exciting. Um, 
<laughs> no, I don't know if I can top that. Yeah. Well done, Just man. imagine, yeah. Jeremy lights off those little snakes. That, you know. Get on that, guys. I think that's a good place to end. Probably. Uh, if you're just tuning in, this has been the disclaimer here on WMSE. Find more from Evan Ritleski at Shepherd Express. Matt Wild is at MilwaukeeRecord.com. Thanks to Soul Low for the theme song. We're here most Wednesdays at noon. If you have any complaints or comments about the show, you can hit us up on Facebook and uh, download every single mm-hmm. episode of. Yes. Wow, you guys were like waiting for that. <laughs> yeah. Download every episode from the WMSC archives or by subscribing to the podcast on Apple Music. Until next week, thanks for tuning in to the number one cultural talk radio show here in Milwaukee. We're making history. This is important. Stay tuned for music from Sid right after these messages from our longtime sponsors, Finks, who will never be re- 